last year, the Jets had both the offensive and defensive rookies of the year. It's not realistic to expect that to happen again, so let's set reasonable expectations for the rookie class of 2023 ahead on the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday, May 22nd, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com, thanking you for making this show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so that you'll get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast source, please give it a five-star review, and if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help the channel out and help other Jets fans find Locked On Jets. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. Today we're going to talk about the Jets' rookie class. What are realistic expectations for the Jets' draft class of 2023, at least the players who were selected at the top of the draft by the New York Jets? Before we get into that, just a programming note. Those of you who are longtime listeners know this. This is around the time of year where we begin to move to a summer schedule. So for this week, we'll still do episodes each day, Monday through Friday. However, after this week, we'll likely move into a more reduced schedule. We'll still do shows, though, so you'll be able to tune in. But we will head into an off-season schedule as we prepare for the Jets training camp to open in the summer. And then once training camp opens, we'll be back to five days a week. So I just wanted to give that programming note before we get started today. Jets 2023 draft class. Big shoes to fill. Big expectations to live up to. The Jets 2022 draft class had both rookies of the year. And the third player in Brees Hall, who very easily could have won Rookie of the Year had he not gotten injured. Garrett Wilson was the actual Offensive Rookie of the Year. Sauce Gardner was the actual Defensive Rookie of the Year. Look, it's not going to happen again. I'll just say that. I, I There's never a 100% guarantee of anything in the NFL, but this is about 99.999 that the Jets are not going to have Offensive and Defensive Rookies of the Year again. And that's nothing to say. That's not to say anything bad about this draft class. It's just one of those things. It was the third time in the history of these awards that it happened. And the Jets had two top 10 picks last year. This year, the Jets you know, had a more normal assortment of draft picks. That's the type of thing that maybe happens once in a generation. You, you can't expect that. And fortunately, you don't need to have both, both rookies of the year to have a successful draft class. Now, the first player the Jets drafted this year was Will McDonald. It was a controversial pick. It's a pick that got its fair share of criticism. And I understand the reasons people were a bit critical of the pick, namely... If you're looking at what the biggest needs on the roster were, defensive end would be near the bottom. It would be right around corner. There was really not a glaring need at defensive end. The Jets already had a very talented defensive line. But a couple things about that. First of all, if you know me, you, you, you everydayers who are tuning into this podcast consistently, you know I say this all the time. You don't just draft for this year. The draft is, to me, more about two to three years down the line. So that that's number one. Number two, this was a weird draft year. There, there was not a, this was not a great draft class this year. It was not viewed as a very deep class. Will McDonald, a lot of years, probably may not be a first-round pick, but 
this year, you know, people were saying it was a big reach. I don't know that it was a big reach this year. I think that Will McDonald probably would have gone in the first round. Now, I think there were a lot of projections he'd go late 20s, but we're talking about drafting somebody 15 who was going to go maybe late first round. In a year that's very unusual, it's not necessarily a huge reach. And after you get past the elite players in a given draft class, more often than not, it comes down to who fits your team. You know, the, the sauce gardeners of the world, the elite level talents, they're going to fit any system. After you get past them, and we got past those elite level talents very quickly this year, it comes down to more which players have the traits that your team needs. And I think there's a strong case that to be made that Will McDonald has the tools to fit Robert Sala's system very well as a defensive end playing that, you know, they call it the wide nine technique. It's, you know, if you're not familiar with the defensive line, defensive line positions, there are techniques and they're all numbered and it's kind of based on how far away you are from where the ball is snapped. So the nine technique is considered like really wide out there. So they call it the wide nine. McDonald, in theory, has a good is a good fit for that. Now, listen, I think it's clear that Will McDonald is not a guy who's likely going to make a huge impact in year one. But that's not necessarily what you need. It's Again, it's great when you have immediate impact, but not every rookie is going to do it. And I always like to set my expectations kind of low for the rookie class. I think Will McDonald, he's a raw player. He's got some work to do. He's actually a little bit more refined than I thought he was when the Jets drafted him after watching him a little bit closer. I saw, you know, the makings of some good moves. I think he's got a couple uh, hand counters. I think he's got a decent rip move. I think he's got a decent swim move. I think he's got the makings of a good spin move. I think that if the Jets work with that, work, work with him on that, he could develop into a good spin move. I see, you see the, it's not great yet, but it's, it's at a place where you could say, you know what, a little work, that could be something, that could be really something that he could bring to the table. So what are we looking for from Will McDonald this year? To me, I would like to see him fit a rotational role. And I actually did some research on edge rushers, defensive ends, rush linebackers who were drafted around the point Will McDonald was. And I actually wrote an article about this on gangreennation.com a few weeks ago. And what I found, and I took I took players who, who are edge rushers who were drafted between 12 and 18 in the last you know, two decades plus, and I tried to figure out what's the realistic expectation for a guy like this. And what I figured out is that if you get about a seven-sack-a-year guy, you've actually beaten the expectations for 15th overall. And that may sound like very, it may, it may not sound very impressive, but you have to remember that there are lots of first-round picks who don't pan out. So, you listen, everybody would love it if he turned into a 10-sack guy. But if you look historically about what players do who were drafted around that point, especially at the edge rusher position, they get, they average about six sacks. So what I say is that seven is better than average. So if you get seven sacks and he makes the Pro Bowl in his career year and gets a second contract, that's actually a very good pick. Now, what the other thing that I found is that these players who are drafted in this range, they tend to not start year one. If you look at their careers, they tend to have like one season. They tend to be starters every year of their career except one, which tends to be their rookie year. So if we want to extrapolate this, and I just threw out, a, you know, this is not necessarily scientific, but let's say you're looking for seven sacks a year going forward. So let's say he's not starting this year. Let's say he's a rotational guy. You'd still like, you'd still like to see him put a couple on the board. So let's cut it in half. Let's say like three and a half sacks where he plays well in a rotational role and he flashes a little bit and he works on that technique with the coaching staff. Now next year in 2024, year two, I think the expectations will be quite a bit higher because I don't think you draft a 
player 15th overall with the idea that he's going to be a rotational player forever. I think with the, even in this year, even in a draft class that's viewed as not that great, you're drafting somebody that high with the idea he's eventually going to take over a starting role. And again, in an ideal world, you need some, if you're going to win a Super Bowl, I think you need cer- certain players to vastly exceed expectations. So you don't necessarily need every player to be a grand slam pick, but you need a couple players to really out, out shine expectations. So McDonald's, you know, maybe he's a guy who, dra- who develops into a 10 sack kind of guy, and that would be a huge deal for the Jets. And if, if you look at him, he's very impressive when you talk about the athletic testing. He's got a lot of tools to work with. Of course, with players who have tools, sometimes they turn into great players. Sometimes they don't. So we don't know how that's going to turn out. We don't know whether he's going to be great, whether he's not going to be great, whether he's be, be somewhere in between. But ultimately, I, I think this year you're looking to sh- for him to flash some some signs that he belongs and show that he belong show that he's good in the rotational role. In fact, I might even say similar to what Jermaine Johnson did last year. Jermaine Johnson's kind of the forgotten man in the uh, the incredible Jets draft class from 2022. I thought he played okay last year. Now I think you're looking for more from Jermaine this year. I think if Jermaine has the same kind of season this year, it's not going to be that good. But Jermaine Johnson's rookie year was fine, where he flashed a bit. You, you occasionally saw something that could be special. So I think that that's kind of what I'm looking for from Will McDonald this year. Now, had you on the Locked On Jets podcast, we'll talk about the Jets' second-round pick, Joe Tipman. Interestingly, I think you might expect more from your second-round pick this year as a rookie than you are out of the first-round pick. And we'll go into that a little bit deeper as we continue on this Monday episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. This episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Unless something dramatic happens, we're looking at the and an NBA Finals between the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat. I mean, perhaps the Celtics or Lakers can pull off the first 3 comeback in NBA history, but it's looking like it's going to be Miami-Denver. And you should make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs and the NBA Finals because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. So I don't know if you care that much about Denver or Miami or maybe Boston or L.A., but you should know there's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen every day. We're talking about the Jets' rookie class, their early picks in the 2023 draft, and what expectations should be for them. We would all love another Rookie of the Year combo, just like last year with Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner. It's going to be tough this year because the first player the Jets drafted on the offensive side of the ball is a center, Joe Tipman. Now, Will McDonald, I guess, in theory, could put together a monster season. He could just develop really quickly. And listen, if you're an edge rusher and you put up a lot of sacks, you're going to have a shot to be Rookie of the Year. I don't know that this center really has a great shot of being Rookie of the Year, but Joe Tipman actually could end up being a pretty important player for the New York Jets in 2023. In fact, over the long run, I think the Jets believe Will McDonald will be the better player, and we'll, we'll see how that works out. It could work out, it could not be. But I think for this year, Joe Tipman is the guy who might be the more important player, and that part of that's because the Jets drafted McDonald from a position of strength, defensive end. Tipman was drafted to the offensive line, a position where there are many more question marks uh, for this football team. And you're depending on two tackles who are, I don't have 100% confidence can hold up. You've got a 38-year-old in Dwayne Brown and Mekhi Becton who made some headlines about some comments he had about the coaching staff over the weekend, but he also hasn't played. And beyond that, which, you know, that, that could be a bit 
distracting, but it's not necessarily a big deal for Becton. But the bigger deal is that he hasn't played in two years. So even though a center may not be directly involved in all of this, I, I think there is a possibility Joe Tipman's just the first guy up. I guess, you know, Turner, the guy that they signed, you know, the former Packer, former Bronco, you could argue maybe he's the first guy up. But I also think I think there's a real possibility based on what Elijah Vera Tucker did at tackle last year when they, they moved him from guard to tackle. He played both left and right tackle at various games last year before he got injured. You can make an argument that Tippmann's the first guy up. Now, I'll even take it a step further. I think the Jets would love for Tippmann to beat Connor McGovern out for the starting job. McGovern's probably not long for the Jets. If you followed what happened in the offseason, it's a mild surprise that he's back because the Jets, they really did not have a ton of interest in bringing him back, it seemed. Even though he played very well the last couple of years, there was minimal interest. They really did not discuss any sort of contract extension with McGovern before the offseason began. In fact, I mean, really the only reason McGovern's back is the market fell out for him. I mean, he only got around a million dollars in free agency. It shows What it says to me is McGovern really overplayed his hand because everybody needs a good offensive lineman in today's NFL. If McGovern's only getting a million dollars, then he just, his agent really misplayed the whole situation. So the Jets got McGovern back, but at $1 million and their lack of enthusiasm overall, I think the Jets would love for Tippmann to win this starting center job. Is he ready to do it? You know, it's interesting. He certainly has the athletic ability. He certainly generates a good push in the uh, in the run game. He's a little inconsistent, I think, with his hands, with his hands technique. So there's, there's some things to clean up. I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world for him to start on the bench and just be able to work on the practice field. That said, again, I think the Jets want him to be in the lineup. And beyond that, I think that a lot of errors in the in the blocking game, especially for an offensive lineman, can be absolved if you have a really nasty streak to you. And Tittman's a guy who likes to move people. I mean, if you watch him at Wisconsin, he likes to get a big push. He likes to throw guys around. That for, that helps you make that helps you make up for a, a lot of mistakes, at least te- te- uh, technique wise. At the end of the day, I mean, he could be the starting center. I think the Jets would love for him to just win that job over McGovern and not you know be there for a decade. Even if he doesn't, though, I think he's going to be in the lineup at some point this year. Maybe he sits a couple weeks, but I think if an injury happens, he might be the first guy up. And the other thing about the other thing about Tipman is, yes, he's a rookie, but I think having a veteran center is less important for the Jets than it has been in some time because they will have a veteran quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, and the quarterback and center typically work in tandem to try and figure out what the other team is doing on defense to make sure you're in the proper blocking scheme. When you have a young quarterback, you probably want a veteran center because the center is going to have to do more of the heavy lifting. With the Jets, they have they have a bit more of a luxury to play young center this year because with Aaron Rodgers under with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, you know he's going to get the team in the right blocking scheme. You know he he knows what he's looking for in the offensive line. So that's another thing that could benefit Tittman. But even if he doesn't win the starting job, it could very well be a situation where if there's an injury to McGovern or one of the guards, you know. Tipman could slide right in. You know, he'll slide right in for McGovern at center. If it's to one of the guards, maybe he moves to guard, even though he did not play there much at Wisconsin. He's got, you know, he should be able to adapt pretty well. And if there's an injury at tackle, there's a good possibility Tipman's going in at right guard and Elijah Vera Tucker sliding out to whatever tackle position is there. So ultimately, whenever he steps into the lineup, I think the Jets are going to be looking for him to play well and earn his spot in the lineup and show that, you know, he belongs there. And I think it also it's also possible if there's an injury at guard or at tackle, maybe Tipman moves to center and McGovern slides to guard because McGovern has a bit of experience from his days in Denver there as well. But I think ultimately the Jets, whenever he goes in, they're looking for him to show that he belongs. They're looking for him to earn his, to 
show that he's going to lock down that spot he plays for the next decade. In fact, I even wonder, he's got the tools. He actually has the physical skill set to potentially hold up a tackle. Now, I don't know that the Jets are going to want to do that. I don't know that the Jets are going to want to radically change his position from center to tackle, but he's got the physique to play to play tackle. And I wonder maybe even training camp, will the Jets give him a little bit of look, maybe, maybe a series or two in the preseason to see how he takes to it? Because if he takes to it naturally, maybe he could be a guy who could be in the mix at the tackle position if there's an injury. But in any event, I think it's clear the Jets are hoping that he'll clean up the issues. I think there were some, some small issues with his hand placement. Nothing too great. I don't want to make Tippmann out to be this enormous project because I think it's a good pick. I think that he's got a shot to be a very good player. And if you look in general, NFL teams, they don't scout every position well, but usually they know who the centers are. You know, There, there aren't as many misses at the center position as there are in a lot of other spots, especially at the, at the phase of the draft where the Jets picked Tippmann. So I think they'll be working with him, trying to get his hand technique a little cleaner. But I think they're ready for him to step into the lineup and play some sort of role this year, whether it's a starter, whether it's the first guy in. I think you'll see Tippmann some, at some point this year. And I think the Jets, are they may not be hoping for a Pro Bowl performance. They're hoping he belongs. Now, here on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we'll close out our show and we'll talk about the third player the Jets drafted this year. It's another offensive lineman. It's Carter Warren out of Pittsburgh. The expectations, I don't think, are quite as high for him. I think he's more of a de- developmental player. And I'll explain why as we continue on this Monday episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Monday. We're talking about the early Jets draft picks. Now, they did not have a third-round pick, or they did not make a third-round pick. They, at one point, they had a third-round pick, and they traded it uh, to Cleveland as part of the Elijah Moore trade, and they got their second-round pick that they got that they used to take Joe Tipman. The Jets traded their own second-round pick to Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers, so lots of movement on the day two portion of the draft for the Jets. Early day three, the Jets drafted a tackle Carter Warren out of Pittsburgh. And if you follow Joe Douglas, this is the third time in four years that he's drafted an offensive lineman in the fourth round. In uh, 2020, he drafted Cameron Clark. Last year, he drafted Max Mitchell. This year, he drafts Carter Warren in the fourth round. It feels like this is kind of a, a plan of Joe Douglas. It feels like this is kind of a philosophical thing where he looks to draft a tackle in the fourth round. Now, I've, I've studied the draft. I, I've looked at the numbers. I've looked at the, the quality of players that come out of the draft in each round. And the fourth round is usually around the point where there's a big fall off. And, you know, this year the fall off may have happened earlier. So the, the Carter Warren may have, been, may have been in the position of the draft where you're just kind of throwing darts at the board and you're hoping to hit something on somebody. But generally, the, the dart-throwing portion of the draft begins somewhere around the midway to late portion of the fourth round. And I kind of wonder, we know Joe Douglas values the offensive line. Now, his record is up and down when it comes to the offensive line. But I feel like it's almost a philosophical thing with Douglas, where he's just drafting a guy every year, almost every year in the fourth round. And I think the theory behind it is not necessarily that any one of these picks is going to be a hit. You know, unfortunately, Cameron Clark had to retire because he suffered a serious injury. We don't know what we have in Max Mitchell yet. We don't know what we have in Carter Warren yet. But I think the theory is that if you draft enough guys in the fourth round... You know, this guy may not hit, that guy may not hit, but if you if you pick enough prospects with ability, eventually one of these guys is going to become a good player. And you have to find in today's NFL, you have to be able to find and develop offensive linemen. You can't use he, he, Douglas has used a number of premium picks on the offensive line, but you also have to find guys from under who are more under the radar. And I think that that's kind of what the Jets are trying to do here. I think Carter Warren, in an ideal world for the Jets, this will be a redshirt year for him. Now, he missed a bunch of time last year with a knee injury at Pittsburgh. He only started a handful of games because he's coming off an injury, so we don't have really much on his athletic testing ability. 
If you watch the film, he looks pretty nimble. He looks like he could potentially hold up at the tackle position. But he also has some things to clean up. You know, like Tippmann. You know, Tippmann, I mentioned the hand placement, I think, is a bit erratic. I think with Warren, there are a couple of things. The first of all is that he has a tendency to maybe lean a little bit, which he doesn't need to do because he's got, he's got long arms. So at the tackle position, if you have long arms, you should be able to make first contact with your guy without leaning because you have the if you have arm length, you can stretch those arms out and uh, hit hit the, the pass rusher. So you, you shouldn't need to lean. And I think Warren could probably stand to add a little bit of strength. He's athletic. I don't think he's super strong at this point in time. So almost like what – not exactly the same, but – I view his ideal season almost like what ha- which the Jets were hoping would happen with Max Mitchell a year ago. I think Max Mitchell, as a rookie, the Jets were hoping he'd just be able to hit the weight room, he'd be able to work on the practice field. And, of course, they suffered all those injuries at tackle, so Mitchell had to go in and play. Now, perhaps Mitchell will benefit in the long run from all those reps. I think sometimes you get thrown into the deep end. It's tough, and it was tough on Mitchell last year. But now he's got more experience. He's got some game experience. I don't think the Jets want to go there with Carter Warren this year. And I think that... They're hoping they have enough at the tackle position that they don't have to put him on the field. But essentially, he's another longer-term bet. So I, I view him as a successful rookie year for him is not the same as it is for McDonald or Tipman. For McDonald, it's showing you belong, you know, looking like a guy who could develop into a good pass rusher, occasionally flashing something special. And I think that that's, that's one of the keys when you're a rookie, especially as a high draft pick. Even if you're not a great player right away, you want to put a couple plays on film that say, wow, if this guy puts it together, it's really going to be something. Tittman, I think, actually has a bigger responsibility as the second-round pick than McDonald does as the first-round pick because he plays a position where the Jets need a little bit more. So I think Tittman, they're looking for him to step into the lineup at some point and play well. I don't think Carter Warren's goal is to play this year. I think the goal is just develop on the practice field, maybe add some strength, work on that technique, and then maybe in 2024, could he be a swing tackle? You know, could he be a little bit more? I think that that's the objective, and you're hoping to hit – I think between him and Mitchell – you're kind of hoping that one of these two guys develops into a player for you. If he does, then that's a pretty good outcome for the Jets because most fourth-round picks don't hit. So I think it's – you may say, well, why did, they, why did they draft a tackle when they just drafted a tackle in the fourth round a year ago? It's because you know that both these guys are probably not going to hit. You're hoping you get a player out of one of the two. And Carter Warren, I think we won't know how well he he's developed. I think it's one of those situations where the Jets are hoping that it happens away from us and then next year – He's a guy we look at and we say, well, maybe if he can win the starting job and he steps in and shows a great deal of improvement. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoyed the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast source, give the show a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help us out. Help other Jets fans find the podcast. Have a great Monday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.